Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. You gotta go one level up. If you could just tone it, tone it up a Insanely little bit, that'd be great. Insanely mysterious, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know what's the sequel to this? Surprisingly, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're recording. Great. Oh, <laughs> hello. Hi. Hey. Uh, welcome to Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. Joined as always by my pals, uh, Mark Matsky. Greetings. Heather Mosher. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. Good. Uh, <laughs> we are going to talk to you now. <laughs> okay, so this is a, as I said, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. Um, With did laser you say focus. That? <laughs> official podcast our our showrunner has just begun filming himself that's how you know the show has immediately gone off the rails uh the uh the official show of small town monsters an independent film company mm-hmm. out of ohio medina county actually. <laughs> um big 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 shout out to ourselves uh, just wanted to mention that if you would like to watch this show, instead of simply listen, simply listening to it, you can. Some of the things that Heather's laughing at will make more sense if you're watching the show. This honestly, this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, join our channel on YouTube, go to youtube.com, visit Small Town Monsters on youtube.com and become a channel member. click that little join tab become a channel member you can watch the show ad free you can also watch it with ads um you can also watch beyond the trail we need to be posting both versions of the show young andy uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh you can watch beyond the trail you can watch on the trail of haunting soon enough you'll be able to watch on the trail of bigfoot colon the rich whoa the hot new series from Small Town Monsters. That ridge? Is the, the ridge I'm thinking of? the oh. Chestnut Ridge, which also happens to be the focus of this yeah. week's show. Yeah, so all right. If you're watching online on YouTube right now and you're like, I want to watch that show before anyone else, join the channel. You'll mm-hmm. get to watch it when it launches next year. Um, mm-hmm. Sometime in early 2022. So I think that does it. Oh, by now, by the time you're listening to this, Skinwalker colon the Howl of the Rougarou is now available for viewing on most major VOD platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Andy will even insert a quick clip from the movie right here, just so you guys are like, "Whoa, I gotta check that out." <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, this week we're talking, we're doing part two. Mark and I very frequently, frequently, frequently we talk about doing part twos of shows and then we never do them. Oh boy. But this week's show, we are going to dig right back in to to the part two from an episode that came out at least two weeks ago. (laughs) <laughs> Andy's saying three. By the time you hear this, it will be three. A month Almost ago. a month ago by the time you're listening to this. Watching or listening to this. Um, ongoing Mysteries of the Chestnut Ridge Part 2. Mm-hmm. Mark? Yes, sir. Tell us more. All right. Well, <laughs> I believe last time we were approximately halfway through the year 2020. And the point of that whole chronicle was oh, to... 2021. This is 2021, but the year that we were oh. reviewing was 2020. <laughs> I remember that's an that important part. distinction. Yeah, see, I was paying attention. I recall because there are months yet in this year we can't talk. I would love to tell you about a fascinating about. sighting report involving a UFO <laughs> and a Wolverine. <laughs> Not let's, the Marvel let's Comics character. Just dive right in, shall we? Yes, please. <laughs> Do. Okay, so this was from June of 20. Well, uh, Mr. Stan Gordon received secondhand accounts of Bigfoot encounters. However, a near Manesson, a resident reported seeing a massive black bird flapping its wings very slowly over the river. There have been several Thunderbird sightings in that area in the past few years. UFO sightings were reported from various locations across the state and strange footprints reported near Mount Pleasant. In August of 2020. A hiker walking through the woods in Jefferson County during the afternoon saw something that baffled him. About 100 to 200 feet in the distance, he noticed a very tall figure standing between two trees. The area was very dense and not close to public access. As he continued to watch, he realized what he was seeing was not a human, deer, or black bear. Creature moved slightly, then took off running extremely fast down a hillside to the left and did not come near the witness. The witness stated the creature ran faster than any human could possibly run. Even stranger, he did not hear any sound as it moved through foliage and rocks. Creature looked to be about 8 to 10 feet tall. General shape of the figure was distinct. Arms and legs were narrow. Arms appeared to be bent at about a 20-degree angle and held out straight. This account has some similarity to an incident reported near Don Eagle on May 27th. Hey, Something I just remembered. We, in the last few months, have met with a witness from Westmoreland County while in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Rebecca. Yeah. For, with the Olympic Project. So, uh, Rebecca's story. I'm so glad I can tell the story. <laughs> like I did research. <laughs> like I did research. Uh, Rebecca was hiking somewhere in Westmoreland County with a friend, and they encountered... Um, what she called like demonic growling or screaming in the forest. And that was sort of the event that um, got her interested in the subject of Bigfoot. But it, and that story will be told in full in on the trail of Bigfoot, the discovery colon, the discovery coming later this year. But she never mentions that that sighting there, that event actually took place in Westmoreland County, which is where she grew up. <clears throat> so I just thought that was kind of cool, and I should mention that here. That is cool. Now, 
Have either of you heard about this UFO sighting that also involves a Wolverine? <laughs> I, you know what? I think I heard it from Mark Matsky. Okay. <laughs> well just done. a few weeks ago. Okay. If there's a part of that you'd like to <laughs> re-recount, <laughs> by all means, do so. <laughs> there was so a Wolverine. sighting of a UFO, <laughs> and then moments later, a Wolverine showed up. Yeah, and showed why, up. Is that, yeah. why is that? Why is that? An important thing. Wolverines aren't in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Air horn. <laughs> oh, not again. Crickets. Those crickets sound messed up. I wish you guys could hear them. Bring back the crickets. Yeah. That's a sass whatnot. Um, I, uh, do you have your own Chestnut Ridge stories this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was checking out Really Mysterious Pennsylvania by our good friend Stan Gordon. Yes. And there was a sighting that I thought was really interesting. Of course, this caught my attention because I'm currently researching for Night Visitors. A movie. On the trail of UFOs. Oh. Colon Night Visitors. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, where we're going to focus on a handful of things. One of them is cattle mutilations. Yes. Um, but to hear of a cattle mutilation in Pennsylvania, I think, is pretty rare. So there was a sighting or an incident in November of 1986 where a farm in Fayette County discovered a 700-pound cow had mysteriously died. It was found in a large grassy field where it had been with other uh, livestock at the time. When the farmer came across the carcass... Ben with how? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Just keep going. All right. So when the farmer came across the carcass, he noticed that the end of the tail was cut off down to the bone. Dude. Yet some of the tail remained attached. The left ear was cut off along with a section of the head. The throat was cut into the jugular vein. All of the teats were cut off of the bag. What was most unusual was that there was no sign of blood, not even on the ground. Did they kick it over? As Christopher O'Brien told us, him and his brother well, did. I do not know because this doesn't say. So that was that was interesting, though. We should mention that because the the thing about these cattle mutilations, where they talk about the lack of blood, mm -hmm. the blood. All, what did it he will say? Pull, it will gravity pull. will pull it down to the bottom yes. part of the body. <clears throat> so from the top, it'll appear as if it's dehydrated and the blood is gone. But mm -hmm. if you move the body, it the blood will be out. underneath. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, and it says the farmer noticed in the days after the attack that his other cattle seemed spooked and they would not eat as they normally had been. That's a sad story. Yes. Were there any sightings of uh, Listen. perhaps a UFO and a wolverine? <laughs> no. Okay, my turn. <laughs> so I visit um, the bastion of... Uh, it's Wikipedia, isn't it? No. The bastion of Chestnut Ridge info on the web, known as StanGordon.info. Nice. April, I haven't read this account. April 15th, you're getting it with me. <laughs> April 15th, 1973, between Penn and Manor, Westmoreland County. Over 12 wit witnesses <laughs> reported. 
Do you want me to read it? <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no. Allow me. <laughs> I got it. Hands okay, off. yeah, geez. <laughs> Over 12 witnesses reported seeing large solid objects low to the ground within a one-mile radius around this rural area. At about 9.15 p.m., two cars full of people pulled off the Penn-Wegley Road to watch a strange object that was just drifting very sw- slowly, only a short distance away. <sighs> Can you this, tell me the name <clears throat> of that road again? Penn-Wegley. The road... <laughs> The silent, <laughs> elongated object was estimated estimated to be about 65 feet in length. That's big, man. There were two bright round lights in the front vertical areas separated about 10 to 15 feet apart. There was a gray haze surrounding the purple haze. <laughs> there, there, there was a gray haze surrounding the object, making it difficult to see the exact shape of the object. The object was in the vicinity of a power transmission line and of the manor power substation. Hold on. We aren't done yet. Buckle up, kids. (laughs) 1973. What's the importance of 1973 on Chestnut Ridge? Because I feel like there is something. That is the year of the great Bigfoot flap. Okay. Is that the same year that George... um, that would be the same year, yeah. Okay. Uniontown. Okay. The globe Isn't that comes crazy down. That all this is taking place yes. so far ahead of like Minerva, like five years before Minerva. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, later that same evening, another man driving in the vicinity of the Manor Power Substation observed a large glowing object stationary about ten feet above the trees. The glow from the object was illuminating the surrounding area. The man pulled off the road. And lowered the window as he watched the object. The witness told me that the object looked like a glowing spinning top over 35 feet in diameter. That's interesting because we have a report in our invasion on Chestnut Ridge from Stan's friend. Oh, yeah. And he says the top thing, too, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Doesn't he say, Andy, you were there. You yeah, were 12. No. I don't know. Was it the, <laughs> was it the same report? No. No, because. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure because his sighting took place from the window of his like his yeah. mom's house. Looking as a out child. the, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This is this. I think this is different. Um, the, the, the witness told me blah, blah, blah. the object continued to spin while hovering and lit up the area with a burning white glow. And the man noticed two or three rows of square windows that emitted various colors of light that were positioned around the center of the object. The witness had kept his engine running and headlights on during the observation. However. While looking at the object, his vehicle suddenly shut off and his headlights became very dim. When the object took off at high speed, he noticed that his headlights became very bright again. The man traveled down the road and stopped at a phone booth to report the experience to the state police, who then (laughs) referred him to my UFO hotline. Hey, dude, ever heard of a cell phone? Like, shoot him a call. (laughs) Uh, Andy had a question. Sorry, Andy, what? That was 73, though, wasn't it? Right. Yes, Christmas tree colored spinning yeah. top. Am I wrong? Is that true? It was green and red. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, Christmas. The, yeah, that's Christmas. <laughs> uh, Boy. There are more. I I kind of want to keep going just so people don't think I'm lazy. <laughs> but wow. I'm really just reading these reports off StanGordon.info. Yeah. So there's no denying mm. that I'm lazy. Cool. I, there Mark a lot of probably re- has more. Well, Mark probably has some input on power substations oh my relating goodness. to strange phenomena on the Chestnut Ridge. Yeah. Well, we poison ivy all over it. Oh, is that what? That's oh. what he's been 
Where did you? <laughs> oh, while hunting for Bigfoot. In oh, of course. Merva, I got <laughs> covered in it, and now mm-hmm. it's like it's like look at this little patch here. Isn't that annoying? Look at that. <laughs> Doesn't that bother you just to see it? It bothers I, me. I think Bigfoot lured you in there yeah. to oh get God. even. He's trying to kill me. <laughs> Mark made it through without a problem. <laughs> oh, He's immune. <laughs> Andy an too. Immunity. He's also built up an immunity. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, substations and power sources, that's a, a long storied history. And that's that's covered in Invasion on Chestnut Ridge and in UFOs of the Ridge. Um, and just this constant, you know, and even outside of the Ridge, you have the stories in West Virginia of like uh, UFOs almost attaching themselves to power sources, power lines, seeming to draw power off. So at least at a certain time historically, I don't know if there's a huge amount of reports coming in these days that have that same feature, but there was a time where the power seemed to be an important factor, that they were like refueling or something, or at least experimenting with electricity as a source. And the one that always comes to mind is the Greensburg Mall having that power outage with uh, the UFOs being sighted at the same time. And uh, what's so weird is that if you've ever been in that area, you know, Greensburg and all these Greensburg sightings that we talk about on the show, that's not rural by any stretch of the imagination. That's a town. I mean, that's a a small city, in fact. And the the idea that all of these UFO sightings are happening around Greensburg is is making the claim that these sightings are happening around a highly populated area. It's well-traveled. Mm-hmm. You have a number of highways crisscrossing that area so that you know, you're not out in the middle of nowhere by yourself having this sighting. There's always the possibility of multiple witness sightings happening mm-hmm. in the Greensburg area, at least, and, of course, heading towards Monroe, Monroeville and say, Pittsburgh. Wasn't there a sighting at Monroeville Mall as well? Yeah, I, yeah, and that's another, I mean, that's a good point, that there's this weird feature of malls and, like, strip malls and all these areas where uh, people are just naturally just handling their regular everyday business and having these unusual happenings. And I, that really grabs my attention every Monroeville time we hear about Mall, this famously the location of dawn of the dead one of the greatest horror movies ever made directed by george a romero you can go mm-hmm. check out um, they, they have a bust why are you laughing it's a very important thing george uh romero there's a bust of him in there you can go get your picture with it there's a festival there too isn't there they do each year a dawn of the dead event mm-hmm. dawn of the dead night of the living dead i mean it is interesting that that movie one of the most influential horror movies ever made, Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And then Donna, that it probably is arguably as well, based entirely on the Chestnut Ridge, shot on the Chestnut Ridge. Mm-hmm. People probably Wait. don't realize that because they think of Pittsburgh as not being, but Pittsburgh's part of the Chestnut Ridge as well, or at least it's within the vicinity. So in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. they, they have the mall that they're in and then they, the kids sneak in to watch. Mm-hmm. What is it that they sneak in to watch? Is that Dawn of the Dead? It might be Dawn. It of the might Dead. be. Is I it? I think oh, so. That would be. So it's interesting. Oh, you know, talking about malls. Great Easter egg. And yeah. Then mm-hmm. They go in, and that's what they sneak in to watch. Yeah. Well, that I just, cool. I, I've always thought it was, it was kind of cool that, that, and, and those movies have that Pennsylvania, that Western mm-hmm. Pennsylvania flavor. Like it, it's mm-hmm. very distinctly Western PA to me mm-hmm. when I watch them. Even though 
there were there were large chunks of like what is it dawn of the dead or night of the living did they they shot in like new hampshire or something maybe that's day of the dead mm. anyway yeah i've never seen it people are getting mad i hear the i hear the um, keyboard well you you've been to the cemetery where yeah, the um what is that place called uh evansville it's evansville is the name of the town but i can't remember the name of the cemetery but evansville is where they filmed a lot of um night of the living yeah. dead and it, up until recently that's where the museum was now the museum's in the mall mm-hmm. the the night of the living dead Me- museum is actually in the monroeville mall mm-hmm. so go check that out and if you haven't seen dawn of the dead i know everyone everyone loves night of the living dead it's good it's super depressing. Dawn of the Dead is just like fun. I love Dawn of the Dead. And I don't like horror. I don't like gory horror movies. And that's a very, very gory horror movie. And it is, it's very fun. Mm. Fun gore. <laughs> so bringing it back around <laughs> to uh, substations, I tried, I tried to keep, oh. right? The yeah, UFOs yeah. and <laughs> substations. That that sighting was in 70, what was that? 70 <clears throat> something? 73. You just heard? 73. 73. So I checked out because it reminded me, of course, of, if on um, Dark Sky mm-hmm. where we interviewed Kenneth. Right? Yeah. And sure he, he has the, so I grabbed the book because I remembered he drew a little picture. Oh, oh wow. His was in 1976. 1976, mm. where he had his. Can you, UFO. for listeners phone who phone maybe phone. haven't seen Dark Sky, can you so explain what you're talking about? So if you go to on the trail of you, if you go watch on the trail of UFOs, colon, Dark Sky, um, colon Dark Sky. Yeah, um, it actually the movie opens with this story. Yes, and um, the, it's around Clarksburg where this man Kenneth Chevron um, had a sighting when he was younger of seeing, and it was a red diamond mm-hmm. shaped craft yeah. that seemed to be feeding off of the power station. And there were multiple witnesses for that as well, because he talks about people shooting at the craft and so on. Yep. Um, but yeah, that just, that's what that reminded me of mm-hmm. around, you know, not, not that different time period. And then the whole idea of feeding off of uh, yeah. power stations. Yeah. And, and what's so weird about that too, is that during that 73 Bigfoot flap, mm-hmm. you had a handful of, reports of the creature being sighted a bigfoot type creature being sighted near an electrical power source like in some cases the hookup to a, a mobile home mm, okay. like somebody came out of yeah. their door and saw some big huge creature like messing with the connection mm-hmm. and when it was noticed it ran away hmm. yeah there was a rash that rash of sightings that was eventually involved the mystery man right right those are the sightings yes. that also mm-hmm. involved the power source stuff see i know a little bit about what you whence do. i speak y- yes <laughs> thank you yeah. uh let's see let's <laughs> continue on in the year 2020 we're getting into late summer which is not this year we know yeah this is 2021 <laughs> it is <laughs> certainly august 30th a man and his wife were taking an afternoon scenic drive we're close to the pennsylvania maryland border which first people not hep to their geography is quite close Mm -hmm. to the Chestnut Ridge area. Uh, In fact, we've been in places where you can see Maryland. You're in Pennsylvania and um, like in Champion, PA, Mm -hmm. uh, you can, in the right place, you can look out and see Maryland in the distance, so. Borderland, Uh, if you will. uh, Borderland. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) This is in the vicinity where Fayette and Somerset counties connect with Maryland. His husband was driving and was startled when his wife suddenly stated she believed she had seen a Bigfoot several miles back as they were driving. 
He asked why she didn't say anything when she saw it. She indicated she was so shocked by what she saw that she could not speak. The woman told me during our interview she was looking out the passenger window when she saw a tall, thin, hair-covered creature walking near a power line. Mm. It was only about 40 feet away, and she watched as it took two steps and moved into the woods. The creature never looked toward the vehicle. She said it was six to seven feet tall and thin. Head was somewhat oval-shaped. Side of the face looked somewhat ape-like in appearance and covered in dark brown hair. A husband turned the car around, went back to the area of the sighting, but the creature was not there. His wife told me she is certain of what she saw and stated, now I believe it. Mm. This also brings up the skinny Bigfoot, which seems to be a feature of Chestnut Ridge sightings. Mm. And there's thin creatures that are sighted. Some aren't necessarily uh, equated with Bigfoot. Some are just sort of reported as thin shadowy figures, almost like stick figures in mm -hmm. some cases, exceedingly strange. But it's just, it, it, it opens the door, I guess, to some sort of regional adaptation or change, or mm -hmm. maybe they're just less food available. They're yeah. not Lucky so Hill. <laughs> Where all the deer hang yep, out. That's your so, point. Lucky point. Lucky so, point. They, <laughs> so they have to um, they have to forage a little Scarce, bit more. They just yeah. berries only. Mm -hmm. I I have a I have one. Did I? <laughs> I was trying to find something that correlated with you. Oh, did I cut you off? No, no. That, that okay. It's that's about now. all to be said about well, I'm skinny going, Bigfoot. I'm going. I was trying to find something that correlated to the electronic thing, but instead I found this. 2013. Dan Gordon. Dot info. During June, a mystery animal was observed and photographed in Unity Township, Westmoreland County. The animal was a little larger than a fawn with a face somewhat like a dog and had large ears. The body <laughs> of the animal was estimated to be about two to two and a half feet long with a tail about a foot long. The entire animal <laughs> was described as really dark brown and completely hairless. The tail was long and skinny. The creature appeared to be very thin, and the back legs of the animal appeared to be longer than the front legs. The weirdest physical detail of the animal was a very prominent snout. In past years, I've received similar such reports from other locations in the state. thought that was kind of cool. I don't like it. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the, the report's fine. Okay. The creature itself, I, I, don't, I don't like it. All right. A chimera All right. of this? sorts. Let me throw yeah. this one at you then. Two low-level <laughs> UFO incidents with reported camera function failures. What? On May 30th, 2013, Stan talked with a witness who provided him with a detailed account of his encounter with an unidentifying object that occurred on May 29th, 2013, outside of Hiwassee, Virginia. Uh, the man was driving a heavy-duty pickup truck. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The man was driving. It's not a, regular no, duty. Man, yeah, get ready. That's great. <laughs> he was driving Bigfoot, the monster truck. Uh, <laughs> the man was driving a heavy duty pickup truck and was heading east at about 10 p.m. when he observed three bright lights in a triangular pattern about 300 feet above the ground. This reminds me, a good friend of ours. Do you know who I'm referencing right now? Not yet. Okay. A good friend of ours who we were just with last week, who we don't get to see very often, but was with us last week in oh. Minerva. Oh, okay. Uh, filmed and experienced two C-130s driving over his house and later was followed by a triangular craft that he filmed. And I have the video and photos. And it is interesting because it reminds me a lot of what Ryan Sprague saw. Whoa. Anyway, I'll send it to you. It is over by uh, like Lisbon area. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> anyway. Yep, got it. Man was driving a heavy-duty pickup truck, was heading east at about 10 p.m. Oh, I already read all that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The witness trying to figure out what he was seeing stopped dead on the road as there was no other local traffic. He noticed that there was one light on the top and two other lights were on the bottom. Each light was bright white and described as white like porcelain. The lights were about were each about 8 to 10 feet in diameter. How the heck would you gauge that? <laughs> uh, the lights, while brilliant, did not cast any reflective light. No sound could be heard at that time. The lights appeared to be attached to a solid device. The man who didn't believe in UFOs realized there was no one who, who, who would believe his story, so he grabbed his cell phone, which was quite new and which worked very well to take some pictures of the strange lights. Man opened his window, leaned out, as he pointed the camera at the object, when he pointed the camera towards the lights, the man stated that the camera suddenly went to a black screen and would not allow him to operate any camera functions. As soon as he brought the camera back into the cab of his vehicle, the camera operated normally. Two more times the witness attempted to take pictures, but the same malfunction would occur each time. Um, he watched the craft for about three minutes. Um, the, eventually, the uh, the witness had in fact heard the sound from a Concorde jet, said his sound would made the Concorde sound quiet. Mm. Okay, so there's a loud rumbling. It was so intense that it shook his very heavy... Duty. Duty <laughs> truck. Yep. Could be felt in the man's stomach. There's more to this story. It keeps going on. And there's other, from that same year, there's other uh, accounts of this same sort of uh, craft. And there's an account of a rectangular craft that looks like a floating mobile home. So that's pretty cool. There it is. Oh, there it is. Show. I don't know if you're going to get that. You're probably going to have to adjust your ISO. Okay. Whoa, look at that. Look at this. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> That's it. That's all I got for you guys. You're welcome. Thank, thanks, Seth. There is a famous mobile home flying object connected to Skinwalker Ranch sightings. Nice. So it seems it to be around. a... Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to hear a Monroeville story? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> October 7th, 2020. A witness was on her back deck when she noticed some movement from the corner of her left eye in the sky. As the witness continued to watch, she realized that she was seeing a huge, oversized bird that was completely gray in color. She said the best way to describe the size of the creature is comparing it to a hawk, but about five times that size. The woman estimated the wingspan to be about 14 to 15 feet from tip to tip. She was not able to determine if the body was covered with feathers. The flying creature was about 40 feet over the top of some trees, only 15 to 20 feet away from the house. Hmm. That's a big bird. Yep. However, it brings up the subject of witness ability to determine yes. sizes. Which is also Accurately. kind of what I was saying on that last report. Yeah. How the heck is this guy saying eight to ten feet lights when it's three hundred feet? When in it's three hundred feet in the air, mm -hmm. how? Yeah, yeah. I, that's one thing in the whole eyewitness portion because you know a lot of what we're limited to are anecdotes, stories, mm -hmm. reports, and we're basing a lot of conjecture on somebody in with a few seconds to sort of estimate something come up with a dimension and a measurement what's well, also referenced in lake michigan mothman because mm -hmm. i <clears throat> experienced seeing a large bird while in a, a downtown chicago downtown chicago and i could not tell you 
realistically how big or how small that bird was. Mm-hmm. I know it was big. I don't know mm-hmm. how big. And see, in your case, you had the, you at least had a frame of reference in terms of you know buildings and so forth that were surrounding yeah. the flight path of the bird. But in many cases, when you're talking about a flying object, there isn't a frame of reference mm-hmm. per se, um, which is hard to judge. I mean, we we see in Ohio lots of turkey vultures. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those birds can look pretty huge, yeah. especially close up if you happen to be walking somewhere and they're mm-hmm. catching a thermal and they mm-hmm. are 30, 40 feet away from you, they look awfully big. So I, it just makes me wonder sometimes mm-hmm. when we're talking about estimating heights of things or wingspans or like lights on an object 300 feet away and that too is an estimation yeah how close do we get to those things i mean there's a famous is that a mothman episode where joe nickel had uh, set up the uh that experiment of having people um, drive through an area and see uh wooden st- structures that looked like mothman and then estimate what size they were mm. and the experiment revealed that people at least that group of people was very bad Mm-hmm. at estimating heights right. so it, it just has a lot to say there i think about perception and in the moment trying to come up with a relative size for something i think mm-hmm. especially that holds true when it's something in the air like mm-hmm. like especially you know something high up mm-hmm. do you got any uh reports for us Sure. Do. <laughs> Just uh, let me open this book here. What's this book called? This book is called Really Mysterious Pennsylvania. She's moved on to Really Mysterious Pennsylvania. That, that was where I was for the last one, too. And that's where she was before. Yes. Uh, by Stan Gordon. UFOs, Bigfoot, and Other Weird Encounters, Casebook One. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Find it on Amazon, or can you still get signed copies off his website? I'm not sure. I think you can. I think you can. Um, that's the only thing that's available in the merch tab on the website are or his books. books. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, they need to I'd get like some a, shirts. Exactly. Face on them. Yes. I'd wear one. I would too. <laughs> I would wear one. Uh, well, <clears throat> so there's a, a couple of reports. These are all from the 80s. I, first of all, I like that it's referenced as Pennsylvania's Twilight Zone. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Uh, but there's Bigfoot reports, um, the strange glowing lights, underground rumblings which nice. we've talked about and then the cattle mutilation but one that i thought was interesting was this um ice falling from the sky um where this was in 1989 um a man heard something hit a maple tree he walked over to check it out and he found a large chunk of ice that had fallen from the sky and into the tree it was about the size of the palm of his hand mostly flat with a concave area in the middle of the piece and had a sweet smell about it mm. He contacted his son who came over, looked at the chunk. They put it in a plastic storage bag and put it in the freezer. And then um, an ice, the sample was sent to a laboratory for analysis. And the following breakdown is what was in the ice. Oh, yeah. Lead, iron, cadmium, arsenic, aluminum, and zinc. The analyst felt that due to the high concentration of metal, it was possible that the ice may have originated from a high-flying aircraft. However... Weather data obtained for this area and date indicate a low probability of icing conditions. Mm. So just a random chunk of ice from the sky. Okay. <clears throat> That's my story. All right. Well, not check, mine, but check this out. <laughs> yeah. Article. Aliens? 
Question mark. Large chunk of mysterious ice falls from the sky, tears through Florida home roof. In an unusual incident in Florida, a huge chunk of ice fell on the roof of a home, tearing a large hole. The pictures from the unusual incident were shared by the Martin County Sheriff's Office on their official Facebook account. People found the strange incident terrifying and speculated the possibilities where the ice chunk came from. In the photos, they were shared by the local sheriff's office. A big hole in the front roof of the house can clearly be seen. Another photo shows the fallen ice with a broken piece of roof. The ice, despite the impact, has not been totally shattered into small pieces. The sheriff's office first. The sheriff's <laughs> office informed through the Facebook post that no injuries were caused by the incident and no other reports of damage were received. They also acknowledged that at the time they had no clear explanation as to where it came from. However, people in the comments section pointed out that most likely cause the the most likely source of the ice chunk was a commercial airplane, which they have written as commercial aeroplane. Oh, is this a British website? No. Oh. It's a Florida. The social media users also highlighted that there have been similar instances of ice falling from the sky caused by leakage in commercial airliners. Others found it terrifying and worried about what it would have done if it fell on a person's head. Yeah. Killed them. Uh, probably. And then it goes on to talk about more. There is even a name for it. There is. Uh, okay. Hold on. This is not the first instance of a large, heavy piece of ice falling from the sky. There's even a name for it. Mega cryomet. Mega cryometeors. Mega cryometeors. Yep. The origin of such incidents is debated on the internet. While some meteorologists feel that this should be non-aircraft origin as well, others are of the opinion that if the origin of such chunks were natural, such instances would not be so unusual, and we would see thousands of them. Is this a fake site? I feel like this. Is... <laughs> anyway. I've debunked it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you debunked it. My mega cryo meteors. <laughs> it's common. Normalize I mean, it just says aero. Give me another. Normalize one. aeroplane. Yeah. Uh, let's bring that back. Yeah, hashtag normalize aeroplane. <laughs> the aeroplane flies high box set by Smashing Pumpkins. Searched all over for it. Finally found it in a record store. Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Oh. True story. Did you go get it? Yes, I did. Cost me a lot of money. $200. I sold it uh, <laughs> less than two months later at a exchange for, for profit for like 90 bucks. Oh, an exchange. I had to pay bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're 90s. spending $200 on a box yeah, set I in don't Delaware have money for that. Are you kidding me? Why was I even there? <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we probably need to wrap up again. <laughs> We're going to need to come back. <laughs> for this uh, part, part three. three of Ongoing Mysteries of the Ridge. If you want to know more about Ongoing Mysteries of the Chestnut Ridge, you know what you can do? Watch Invasion on Chestnut Ridge on some streaming platforms and our terrible distributor has put it on YouTube. So go check it out there if you want to. Um, you could also watch on, on the trail of Bigfoot colon the ridge. Uh, coming later this year, Mark and Heather are looking back and forth like, is this okay? Are we gonna <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. Trust me, these people can't afford lawyers. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to uh, do an entire series about uh, the, the bridges on fire, various uh, paranormal phenomena taking place on the Chestnut Ridge. So make sure you check out that series later this year, later next year, early next year, 2022. 2022. I forget when things are happening. Oh, it's yep. It's 2022. <clears throat> okay, good. No, this is 2021. It is right now. Okay, goodbye. 
Uh, <laughs> send us a letter, monstropolismail at gmail.com. Watch the show on YouTube. Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Go watch a bunch of our movies for free on YouTube inexplicably. All right. See you guys. Bye.